Hi, this is Azimuth World Foundation's podcast, Connecting the Dots. With the help of our guests, we will be connecting the dots between matters of access to public health and safe water and the balance between humankind and nature among indigenous and rural communities. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Connecting the Dots. I'm Francisco, Azimuth World Foundation's Communications Manager, and I couldn't be happier to share this conversation with you today. Just a quick reminder that if you prefer to watch or read this interview, you can do so at the Insights section on our website. That's azimuthworldfoundation.org insights. Earlier this year, me and our advisory committee member Jim Cambites flew to Merida in Mexico's Yucatan Peninsula to attend the International Funders for Indigenous Peoples Global Conference. This was such a special moment for us as we got to connect with like-minded funders, meet Indigenous organizations, and so many inspiring people working on the front lines of their Indigenous communities from all over the world. We had been following NDN Collective's work for a long time, developing a great admiration for their land back, climate justice, and racial justice campaigns, just to name a few. And when we learned that NDN Collective would be at the IFIP conference, and more specifically their grant-making arm, NDN Foundation, we thought this would be the perfect opportunity to have a conversation about Indigenous-led funds and the unique role they play in decolonizing philanthropy. Associate Director Tina Kukan and Director of Grant-making Nicole Yanez were incredibly generous to spend some time with us, and the passionate way in which they describe the work of NDN Foundation can only make us hopeful for a future where indigenous communities are more empowered, their rights fully respected, and their self-determination upholded. As both Tina and Nicole told us, NDN Collective is just starting, and we can't wait to see what comes next. So here's our conversation. I really hope you enjoy it. Uh, hello, I'm Tina Kukan. I use she, her pronouns. I'm the associate director of the foundation at Indian Collective. I love that Indian Collective is based on a spiritual vision, and it's a, it all comes down to indigenous self-determination. So the collective is considered an ecosystem, and within that we have various teams that employ various strategies. So our role within the foundation um, is distinct from the Indian Fund, which provides loans and investment opportunities. We also have various campaigns. There are teams working on climate justice, land back, racial equity, education equity. So we're this beautiful ecosystem of all indigenous people working very hard across Turtle Island with a focus on indigenous self-determination. And we feel that by doing that, the emphasis also becomes, how do we create a better world for all people and our Mother Earth? One of the things that I most love at Indian Collective is our, one of our guiding questions is, what if our best days are ahead of us? And so we try to operate from that mindset of abundance. And even as we think about how we resource initiatives across Turtle Island, it's very important to provide grants, but we also have shifted away from the idea of capacity building, which is kind of a deficit mode way of looking at resourcing and supporting communities to power building. And so we've recently hired a power building and curriculum coordinator, knowing that the communities themselves are best positioned to know what their priorities are. So we would rather speak from that aspect 
where we are already bringing resources to the table. And as the original stewards of this land, there's a lot that people can learn from us. Um, good day, my name is Nicole Llanes. I'm program officer with Indian Collective. I'm from the Opata Nation. I grew up in Nogales, uh, Sonora, Mexico, in Nogales, Arizona, where I live now. And yeah, my people are on both sides of the border. When a foundation or a collective organization is 100% indigenous founded and led, it, it uh, one, there's no disconnect from the people that we work with. There's zero disconnect, right? And let's just start by knowing that we gotta respect and honor and uplift the self-determination of each community. So even if we're 100% indigenous led, we don't know what this community needs and we don't know what the other community needs, but we allow for a space where they can tell us what is needed. They can tell us if their priorities to build their capacity. They can tell us if their priorities that they need the infrastructure to build a hospital or to build a pharmacy or to build their education, right? So they tell us what they need versus us determining what they need, right? And so coming from from um, our people, we can understand really uh, the history, we can understand the situation, you know? They don't have to share all their trauma with us when they're writing proposals. They just have to share their vision. I just love the concept that we have a team that focuses on advancement, which would be your traditional fundraising arm, but we don't look at it at that way. We look at that as the work of liberating wealth. So we take, we're liberating wealth from the people who took it from indigenous peoples by the exploitation of our lands and removal of our people. So on the one hand, you have our advancement team liberating the wealth, and then our role within Indian Foundation is to rematriate the wealth. And over these four years, it has been indigenous women who have been leading that work of rematriating wealth back to the communities from whom it was taken. So I think that's a very unique approach to philanthropy. And it's also a very compelling approach. Our president, Nick Tilson, describes it as, our philanthropy is actually an organizing strategy. We need to liberate that wealth and we need to rematriate it because we're at that time as in humanity where we have important decisions to make about the protection of our mother earth. Let's start with like, and when talking about indigenous peoples, like with an S, right? Um, there has to be a lot of decolonizing in that in philanthropy for sure, um, but it's just honoring and understanding that there's thousands and thousands of different nations and communities and and that's the beauty, right? That's what protects this biodiversity. That's what um, makes us who we are. We've done a lot of work to share that we're all different nations, we're all different cultures, we're all different languages, we have different protocols. We live in different ecosystems, and that's why we honor the community self-determination. We have sort of a combination of funding streams. One of the programs is Radical Imagination Artist Program, because we feel that that creative energy that artists bring, also there's a medicine to that, you know, and that medicine needs to be out in the world and imagining different ways to, to live in this world and to support all living beings. So. That's one aspect of the programming. And then we have the Changemaker Fellowship. So we know that there are key people in each community, more than one person, leading change um, and inspiring community action. So we have a fellowship program that provides year-long support to just uplift the work that's already being done in communities. And then we also recognize that it's important to support our tribal nations and indigenous-led organizations. 
So we have the Community Action Fund, which supports on the ground. It's a direct response. You know, people need to take action because there's a pipeline going in or a proposed mine. And then our primary, our largest funding stream is community self-determination. That really gets at the heart of, you know, what we're intending to be in supporting our own communities, knowing that our communities are often the least resourced, um, but they're the ones who also have the solutions to some of our world's most pressing problems. And so we're investing into those communities and honoring the knowledge that they carry. Um, that's why these are intended to be very flexible. If they need to purchase land back, if they need to you know, bring on new staff members to, to do the work that they're proposing. And all of these are through our focus areas. All of these funding streams relate to the three areas of defend, develop, and decolonize. I get to read the visions of our people and like the challenges too, but what we're working on, what we're want to go, what we're building, and that is so hopeful. I get to read all these applications from individuals, leaders, and change makers, and community activists, and community people and that are outstanding human beings committed to making this world a better place, committing to helping their people, committed to defending, decolonizing and developing, you know? And like, that's, that's, that's our strategy in NDN, right? Decolonizing our communities, our minds, and that includes language justice, that includes decolonizing our education, and then there's the defend, right? That we're defending our territories, that we're defending our, our waters, we're defending our lands from extractive industries and policies that are gonna impact us. And we're developing our communities to be sustainable from water infrastructure to uh, housing infrastructure, you know, economic, sustainable indigenous economics. So that's what gives me hope. I get to like see what people are doing out there and we get to say yes to a lot of people and knowing that we're just starting, you know, Indian Collective is just starting and I think the best is yet to come and we've done so much and we do it with, uh, I think, a lot of power but a lot of humility too. You know, defending our territories is tough, you know? And there's still a lot of people that get killed and there's still a lot of people that get jailed. And so we know that it's really tough work, but it's really beautiful to, to have this organization in our movement right now and this infrastructure to support the work that has been done for thousands and thousands of years, uh, but now with uh, resources that we're liberating from, from the theft of our lands, that were accumulated on the theft of our lands. Thank you for listening to this episode of Connecting the Dots. If you want to keep up with NDN's campaigns and learn about ways to directly support their extraordinary work, head to ndncollective.org. That's ndncollective.org. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Connecting the Dots, an Azimuth World Foundation podcast. Join the conversation on our website, azimuthworldfoundation.org, or by following us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn.